I'm Joel Parker. And I'm Beth Bartel. And I'm Jim Pullen. And I'm Susan Moran. And I'm Kate Fotopoulos, and, and this is How on Earth. And I'm Shelley Schlender, as part of How on Earth 2. Welcome to the Pledge Drive Show. This is the show that makes you smarter. Today is Tuesday, October 15th, 2013. Coming up, we'll talk with the authors of The Sports Gene, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance. There's so many sports out there that aren't just football, basketball, and baseball, where an athlete with certain body types and certain talents could really have a great experience. There's no doubt that there are a lot of hidden talents out there if people can find the right environment for their unique genome. We begin with a look at some of the recent news in science. Next Monday evening in Boulder, you can learn about the science of home ignition, reducing your home's vulnerability to wildfire, with one of the nation's leading scientists studying this issue. Dr. Stephen Quarles has answers for homeowners looking to protect their property. His free public talk is this Monday evening from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Boulder County Regional Fire Training Center, just north of Boulder. For fans of Denver's Café Scientifique, Tonight, Boulder astrophysicist Nick Schneider returns for an update on Colorado's MAVEN mission to Mars. MAVEN stands for Mars Atmospheric and Volatile Evolution Mission. MAVEN will launch to the Red Planet this November with instruments designed to answer questions about the planet's atmosphere. That presentation takes place tonight in Denver at the Wincoop Brewery. Can't get enough Café Scientifique? Well, you are in luck. Denver actually has a second Café Sci called Denver's Café Scientifique 2, which will happen on other days of the week for those of you who can't make the Tuesday night talks. The next Café Sci 2 is next Monday evening in Denver. Scott Sampson, chief curator at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, will speak on the meaning of dinosaurs from T-Rex to turkey vultures. He'll give this Café Sci 2 presentation at Brooklyn's at the Pepsi Center Monday night starting at 6.30. Find out more about these events on our website, howonearthradio.org. And up next here on KGNU's science show, How on Earth, we will be interviewing about the sports gene inside the science of extraordinary athletic performance. We have a limited number of copies of this extraordinary book for listeners who call to pledge their support this morning. If you'd like to reserve your copy, call us now at 303-449-4885 and stay tuned. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> it's quite, I feel like I don't even need to give an introduction after that musical introduction. You are tuned to How on Earth. I'm Beth Bartell. Today is our science show for KGNU's Fall Membership Drive, and we have a hot off the press, already a New York Times best-selling science book available for listeners who call and pledge their support at the $60 level or more. Call now at 303-449-4885. The book is called The Sports Gene, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance. And it looks straight at the debate that's an, as old as physical competition. Are stars like Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, and Serena Williams genetic freaks put on earth to be top athletes? Not that being that kind of a freak would be a bad thing. <laughs> or are they simply normal people who overcame their biological limits through sheer force of will and obsessive training? 
In this controversial and engaging exploration of athletic success, Sports Illustrated senior writer Dave Epstein tackles the great nature versus nurture debate and traces how far science has come in solving this great riddle. And he discusses all this in a way that makes it fascinating, even if you're not a great athlete yourself. It really is. It's like it's the perfect boulder. It's the perfect boulder book. It's a mix of total brainy science, geek genetics tidbits filled with or, you know, all about athleticism elite this book athletes. was made for you it was it was made for you our boulder listener and you know past boulder listener or ex boulderites who or still listen or want to be boulderite boulder want to be boulderites Denver, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys like to run around too. So um, <laughs> call call us now at 303-449-4885 if you'd like a copy of this sizzling hot new book. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a listen to uh, Shelley Schlender's talks with the Sports Gene author, David Epstein. David Epstein, I'm going to start with a question I really do suspect everybody has asked you at some point in an interview. Do you already know what it is? <laughs> There's been a couple that have come up every time. The first one is usually, how did I get interested in this topic? That's not the one that I have in mind. Mine is more selfish. Okay. Do you think there's still any chance for me to be an elite athlete? Uh, that's a good question. How old are you? I'm 57. What's your athletic background so far? Not much. <laughs> then probably not. But that said, it does happen. You'd want to target sports where there's less sort of perceptual skill required because you would have pruned the neurons that you need to learn to hit a baseball many, many years ago, back when you were sort of learning your native language and other things like that. Cross baseball playing off my list. That's right. Cross any sports like that that involve a lot of perceptual skill like that. You, you know, like being a chess master also, you can cross that off the list because you don't have those neurons anymore. But there are certain sports where, you know, like athletes I write about like Chrissy Wellington who sort of found out that she had this great aerobic capacity when she was sort of doing sanitation work in the Himalayas and realized she could bike with the Sherpas and came home and became the world champion in Ironman triathlon. So some of the sports that are more straight physiology-based, maybe you'd have a shot if you got really lucky, but the odds are against you. At least I can get stronger and more athletic. Definitely, you can. But how much stronger and more athletic you'll get, actually your improvements are very much mediated by your genes. And so you might be a rapid improvement in certain characteristics. Maybe you improve your endurance faster than your muscle growth, and you might have difficulty improving in some health parameters. But nobody is what scientists call a, quote, non-responder to all exercise. So you will improve somewhere. Well, I'm surprised that you didn't just say no. <laughs> well, but, but, you know, but I saw the, throughout the book, you know, I see examples of people who fell into a sport by accident, like Donald Thomas, who started high jumping on a lunchtime bet. Turns out he has a you know, an Achilles tendon, the length uh, that should fit on a man much taller than him, and he's a world champion eight months later. So you never know. I don't, I don't want to say just no because there are examples of it happening. That example of Donald Thomas is one of my favorite ones in your book because you compared and contrasted him with another high jumper who almost fit the 10,000-hour rule meaning somebody who worked very hard, who from the look of him, you would never have expected to be a world-class jumper. That's right. So the one you were just talking about, um, his name was Stefan Holm, a Swedish jumper, and he actually put in about 20,000 hours by his own estimation, probably took more jumps than any human being in history. He became Olympic champion. He's not a tall guy. He's about 5'11", which is very short for a high jumper. In 2007, in the world championships, he faced off with Donald Thomas, a Bahamian jumper who had taken his first jumps on a lunchtime bet and realized he was world class, basically, and with only eight months of training, made the world championships and actually defeated Stefan Holm. 
you know, one of those guys had closer to zero hours of practice and one closer to 20,000. So it's, they average 10,000, but that doesn't tell you anything about what really happened. That tells you that there was a difference somewhere. And your whole book is about this question of nature versus nurture. Yeah. And that's a great example because both of them had totally different reasons why they were jumping. Stefan Holmes loved to jump from the time he was a little kid and he beat the odds of not being very tall. Right. Not only of not being very tall, I mean, he wasn't, he was, he was good. He was decent, but he certainly wasn't someone at the time who you would have said, wow, he has the potential to be an Olympic champion. I mean, he sort of improved a, almost a centimeter a year over 20 decades. And, and doctors who examined him sort of linked that to how his training regimen stiffened the Achilles tendon, which is like the spring in the back of his leg that helped him jump. Well, aha, because most people think of the Achilles tendon as the Achilles heel, meaning <laughs> that if you talk about Achilles, you're talking about trouble. But that was one thing that both of these high jumpers had in common. That's right. So Stefan Holm had a very stiff tendon, that spring in the back of his leg, and Donald Thomas had just had a very long one. So just like a spring, the longer and or stiffer it is, the more energy it can store. And so those guys sort of got to basically the same place by two very different paths. One sort of of extreme nurture, sort of increasing the stiffness of his tendon through training. The other just happened to be gifted with an extremely long spring back there. You talked with them both. And did they give you different impressions about what this effort or this gift did for their character and how they looked at sports? Oh, very much. I mean, actually, Stephen Holmes' father was probably the best example of that. He had sort of wanted his son to be better athletically than he was. He became his coach and sort of fostered this obsession. Stephen has, by his own account, sort of an obsessive personality. When Donald Thomas beat him with this horrible form where he's flailing his legs in the air and this kind of thing at the 2007 World Championships, Stephen Holmes' father was so unnerved that he called Donald in the Swedish press, basically the equivalent of a buffoon, and said that his his terrible form would scare children away from participating in the sport. I think that sort of showed how shocking and seemingly impossible this was to him. And yet at the same time, even though the dad of Stefan Holmes was just horrified, how about Stefan? What did he say? It was really funny because when I was talking to Stefan about it, I remember I was sitting with him in a mall. I kept asking him. I kept saying, come on, that's pretty tough. And he kept saying, it. you know, it's great. It's great for the sport. Donald's a great character. It gets people interested. And then I finally said, come on, you know, you, you devoted your whole life to this. You, you dropped out of school to train. And that's got to be a little unnerving. And finally, Finally, after asking him like 20 times, he turns to me and he goes, it's a Hollywood movie and I'm the villain. <laughs> and I said, all right, there you go. Now a little bit of your competitive streak is coming out. So I think he had to find ways to cope with it himself. Yes, I can see how he works so hard. And here is this guy, Donald, who really didn't seem to care. And people would say, would you please jump again, please? Yeah. And yeah. he'd go, whoa, all right. And then he'd win. Yeah. I mean, when I asked him about it, how do you feel about high jumping? He said, well, it's kind of boring, which is not usually something you hear from a world champion. But he never got better after that first jump. He really never improved. That's pretty amazing, too. That is amazing. I mean, Donald Thomas sort of seems to defy that 10,000 hours thinking in every direction, right? Like he started basically at the top. Now he's been a pro for six years and hasn't improved at all. That's that's uh, pretty amazing. So he seems to have been you know, about as close as you get to the all-talent uh, athlete. Whereas Stefan, he's old enough now that he doesn't jump that often, but he teaches a lot of other people how to jump. That's right. He teaches kids how to jump and does some coaching. And he's also now famous in Sweden for winning quiz shows. He has kind of an obsessive mind. And whether that's focused on high jumping or sort of learning trivia, it works for him.
I think all of us have a little bit of obsessive mind. And so is it the case that most people have somehow gotten around to asking you if they could ever be a competitive athlete? A lot of people have asked, you know, or they've sort of shared their own athletic history with me and sort of wanted to know what I make of it. Maybe one question will be, well, was I in the right sport? Because I really think that idea that everyone should just practice the same way does a lot of athletes a disservice. There's so many sports out there that aren't just football, basketball, and baseball, where an athlete with certain body types and certain talents could really have a great experience. I mean, I broke my arm playing football in high school and ended up running the 800 meters in track, and that totally changed my life. And I ended up running in college and beyond. And so I, I really think people are curious about what they might have been good at. And there's no doubt that there are a lot of hidden talents out there if people can kind of find the right environment for their unique genome. That's David Epstein, author of The Sports Gene, talking with How on Earth, Shelley Schlender. There's no doubt that there are a lot of hidden, hidden talents in you. And if you'd like to learn more about this fascinating topic of the sports gene and how it might apply to you, call us now at 303-449-4885. Doesn't that make you want to punch up the phone? Number 303-449-4885. You're listening to KGNU's award-winning science show, How on Earth. And we're listening to David Epstein talk about the sports gene. And I know we're pretty sporting in here today. Go, go ahead and call and give your support to KGNU's How on Earth, 303-449-4885. We're an all-volunteer group, and many of us are actually in here right now. But we wouldn't be here without the efforts of a great community that supports non-commercial radio and the equipment and staff that makes shows like this possible. And a great show at that. How on Earth has won awards from the Colorado Broadcasters Association and has been featured in podcasts from the National Science Foundation. Yes, and it's all thanks to you, our listener members. Your support is what makes How on Earth possible. And as another thank you for you, we have the fresh, brand new interview and book to offer you this morning, David Epstein's The Sports Gene, at a pledge of $60. Uh, we heard a rumor that if you pledge around $1,000, we may be able to splice the sports gene in with your DNA to make you a supreme athlete. But whether you're a supreme athlete or not, you are a supreme community radio listener. You're what keeps this stage, station going. Please call us, 449 Give us your pledge in any amount, pocket change, your monthly paycheck, whatever works for you comfortably, we appreciate it. So whether you take gene therapy or simply a book as your thank you gift, please do call 303-449-4885. I'm holding here a copy of the book, The Sports Gene. We have a few copies here that you can get with your uh, membership renewal or new member of $60. Uh, it looks like a great book. I was just thumbing through and looking at some of the table of contents here in search of the sports, sports gene. Uh, the big 
spang of body types, a tale of two high jumpers. There's just a rich, rich diversity of different topics that he covers here. And you can get it and settle down in your training couch and listen uh, to How on Earth and read your book, The Sports Gene, with your donation, with your membership. Call 303-449-4885. It's certainly worth mentioning as well that with any amount uh, of a pledge, you will also be entered for a trip to Iceland. And I'm going to geek out on Iceland here for a second because it's definitely on my list of places to go. Fire and ice. Come on. It's on a plate boundary. It's a hot spot. <laughs> Under a plate boundary, there are volcanoes, there are glaciers, there are volcanoes under glaciers. This is this has got to be one of the coolest places on Earth. And to get an all-expenses-paid trip to Iceland is just incredible. So there's really no reason to not call and get your name entered into that uh, that that uh, raffle for um, for this chance to win the trip. Probably uh, at a great any, place at to any train. Level. <laughs> Probably a great place to train. Might not have the elevation that we do in Boulder, but holy cow. It gives fire you and ice. everything you want. Exactly. And speaking of fire and ice, um, we have a bunch of other books in the studio here for pledges of $40 or more. And one of them is called Fevered, Why a Hotter Planet Will Hurt Our Health and How We Can Save Ourselves. It's by Linda Marsa, who uh, Maeve Conran interviewed last week. I heard her at the Boulder Bookstore. It was a really interesting topic. And it's about how climate change is not just affecting the polar bears and melting the ice, but is also doing things like increasing our risk for dengue fever, which is already in the United States, and West Nile disease. So it's really this link of our human health to climate change. So you can get a copy now of the book Fevered at a pledge of $40 or more. 303-449-4885. Call now. And we already have a few pledges coming in already. We have uh, Pua from Boulder, who uh, loved our show. They, she said, keep up the great work, saying hi and happy birthday to KGNU. And uh, gave a pledge here as an additional contribution, no less. So thank you very much for pledging. And uh, doing some very heavy lifting is Tom McKinnon here in Boulder. Thank you so much, Tom. How are you doing? It's good to hear from you, and thank you for your continued support of How on Earth. We appreciate everyone being a sport and coming up to the plate and hitting a home run <laughs> and touchdown and getting through Woo! the slalom gates, uh, whatever metaphor you want. We're doing it. <laughs> We could sit here and probably come up with a dozen of them, I'm sure. I'm not coming up with any, but I did want to talk about some of the other topics that we've covered over just the past few months. This science show is, you know, we've, we've talked about sports. We, we talk about health. We've talked about uh, one of the other books we have here for you, if, uh, if you'd like, is The End of Night, Searching for Natural Darkness in an Age of Artificial Light. We've talked about uh, light pollution. We've talked about noise pollution. We've talked about the migration of, um, of monarchs butterflies. We've talked about climate change and the results of or the the findings in this most recent IPCC uh, report, the International Panel on Climate Change. So we try to bring current scientific issues to you that actually have a bearing on, on your lives. We've talked about wildfires, floods, drought within just the past few months. These are issues that very obviously affect us on the front range here. So we're a science show and we're really a science news show. And if you value that, please call in your support. The number again is 
Go ahead and, and call in and let us know that you value this reporting. And one of the things you'll be doing if you call right now is helping us get toward our $3,000 goal for the challenge grant that's being contributed by John and Lori Ritzenthaler, an anonymous donor, the manager's anniversary challenge, Fitzgeralds, who say, glad KGNU has the right point of view. So if you want to make your money stretch, and in these economic times, who doesn't? Call right now, and you're going to put us a lot farther toward our goal because your money is going to be matched here dollar for dollar. So think about that one. Please call in during this pledge break. So go the distance with KGNU's How on Earth, 303-449-4885, or pledge securely online at KGNU.org. We need you. You're part of the How on Earth team, too. 303-449-4885. And I just wanted to point out that that long list of different topics that Beth mentioned just reflects the diversity of the volunteers who support this show. We have a lot of people here. You may have recognized a voice from the past, Kate Fotopoulos here. We've had a lot of people helping with the show, but we could only do it with your contributions to KGNU and supporting our show. So please do call 303 303- Four four nine four eight eight five, and you can get as a thank you gift the sports gene with a $60 pledge. I want to add, too, that it reflects the diversity of the volunteers here, those working the phones, those of you in the community who listen. It also reflects amazingly, I think, the diversity of scientists, policy folks, all sorts of people we have in Boulder, in Denver, in Fort Collins. We draw so much from CSU, from CU Boulder, CU Denver. Um, so thanks to them for their <laughs> for their intellect that really helps do the brain boosting that you get in the morning as you wake up on How on Earth. And one other point I wanted to make, I know I say this every time, but it's just a reflection of what you get on KGNU, that you have a science show wedged between Jim Hightower and Alan Watts. Now, where else are you going to find that? And I think that it's, I feel lucky to be in a position like that. Well, you know, we're winding up the show, but I think I'd like to ask the team to give a team yell for the phone number. Ready, guys? Three, zero, three, four, four, nine, four, eight, eight, five. Go, Go team! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs>